Oh, this week I've uh, managed to get Matthew caught up in my hijinks, and uh, unfortunately he he's not with me. We we travelled on a boat to a secret island, but uh, it turned out there was a giant monster there who couldn't resist his golden locks and handsome visage, uh, and unfortunately was kidnapped from me. And uh, the only way that we can get them back is the monster is hungry for five star reviews. Um, so if you're listening and you haven't given us a five star review, then please do that because uh, I would like to get Matthew back. However, I am not brave enough to actually go get him myself. Um, also, don't forget to join the Facebooks and uh, Patreon and all that good stuff. And um, basically, back, get back in the cupboard, Chip. It's uh, your bedtime. Beauty and the Beast reference there. That's King Kong. Right. I'll meet you in the episode. Welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What is a horror sandwich? I hear you shout and bawl from the across the street. Well, let me tell you, it's a lovely movie filling surrounded by two slices of lovely, lovely chatty goodness. My name's Mark, and as always, I'm joined by... Oh, no, he was kidnapped by a giant monster. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, I'm joined by... Returning, returning guest, and w- w- this week's co-host, Dean Alistair. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, well, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, I think. Uh, it's been an odd sort of day. The The weather's doing weird things. It's raining. It's sunshining. It's... It's an English summer, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Giving you, it's giving you proper English weather today. Yeah, but I did have a lovely walk with the dog in the woods. And, oh, um, lovely. Yeah, I walked particularly slowly. I mean, I'm not a fast walker anyway, but I really felt like, uh, you know, just sort of ambling. I just ambled Yeah, a, a Miranda, what's it, of course, uh, yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, the, the forest. Absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to think what else I've been up to this week. I normally do a bit of preamble. Oh, no, um, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, any good movies? Um, well, here's something that, that's intriguing. Um, I stumbled across a film called Malum from this year. Uh, oh, I haven't watched it yet, um, but I've got one of those curious kind of brains that makes me go, oh, I wonder what that is. And it turned out that it was a remake of a film called The Last Shift. Um, but it's a remake by the same director. And it's like five years, I think, between when he made The Last Shift and this. So it's a remake of the same film that he's already made. Uh-huh. And the characters are all the same. Um I find it for a bit, it's a bit odd that to remake your own movie. Um, I, I, it's not unheard of, but it is still strange. Yeah. It, have you have you watched uh, Last Shift? Did you say I did? I, I watched the Last Shift because I thought um, it it looks all right, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um I gave it a four star on Letterbox because it was. Um, right, hey. It did it did everything that I needed it to do. It was um, scary enough. It had 
you know, stuff here and there. Just, I find it very odd that he would remake a film that it's, you know, it's good for what it is, but. Is it like a foreign language film? No, no, no. It's So it's, uh, it stayed the same language. Yeah, yeah. Both remake. That is bizarre. Like, it, I, I, I can understand if you made a film in Swedish and then you wanted to bring it to the States mm. and then made it in English, but. Yeah. yeah. It's very strange. It's very so, strange. Malum, you said, yes? Yeah, that's the name of... So, yeah, Malum is the new name of the film. Add it's, that to the list. I would just go for Last Shift if I were you. Last oh, I'd scratch that then. <laughs> Last Shift makes more sense anyway. Because um, it's... the About premise. Last Shift. The premise is that there's a, like, a rookie police officer, like, like a girl, and she basically... The police have moved to a new... Um, police station. So mm. she's literally just in there making sure that nobody breaks in or anything. Um, but it's the last shift. Um, oh. <laughs> so clues in the name. I mean, maybe Malum is good. Maybe that. Maybe he's made some big changes. But uh, yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, like you say. Anyway, that's that's what I've been doing this week. I mean, I ever watched other films, but uh, I'm not gonna. I can't talk about everything I've watched. Cause... No, no, of course. So I, w- I wouldn't bore the uh, I wouldn't bore the <laughs> listeners with everything. Save it for uh, the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's get into the first delicious slice of bread. Oh, yum yum. Now, you you're a D and D guy, right? Uh, you are. I'm a board game hobbyist, role player. I, 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 I dabble. I dabble in a lot of things. Mm. So you came up this wonderful idea of uh, coming up with a D&D party made of, um, I think, either horror villains or survivors. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't really know anything about D&D, but I put together a, a team. And uh, presumably you've done that too, since it was your idea. I have um, indeed, yeah. So uh, I want to ask: Did you go with uh, horror villains or did you go with survivors? I went first. I went for an all-girl team, an all-girl. I, I wonder team. if there's any uh, crossovers because I, I I did a survivor team as well. So I really I'm interested to see where you go with yours. Right. Well, the thing is, like, I, I don't really understand the classes of. Um... <laughs> I, I could I could fill in the gaps if something there's something. Like, oh, that would be a perfect diss. So, so. Oh, I'm going to start with my lead, which is Sydney Prescott. Oh, I had her. I had Sydney, and I got rid of her. Awesome. Um, Sydney's a bit of a rogue character. She's very fast on the feet. She can get out of danger, and also she's very good with like improvised weapons. So, yeah, Sydney Prescott is a rogue. And why? Why, why did you pick her in the end? Well, I, I was thinking about what I wanted for a lead. I, I figure someone's got to lead the team. And um, Sydney, as final girls go, is pretty solid. Um, she's not a sort of scaredy, scaredy girl, really. She's um, and especially in the sort of newer films where she sort of comes back, she's definitely the lead in that. Yeah. So she definitely um, has that confidence. So I'll, I'll pick my lead. Uh, okay. So on my side, I ended up picking Ellen Ripley from Alien. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And I had her as an artificer who has like that. She has that huge mech. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way I see it is that she's got all these weapons and all these things. And she's the kind of like leader who can do a little bit of everything. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, 
And well, and she can lead a team as well. You know, she's, she's got the, proved it. Yeah, got the skills. Um, um, who have you got next? So my next one is Tina Shepherd. And if you don't, oh, I do know Tina Shepherd. All right, okay. Um, so she's the, the listeners. She's the telekinetic one from um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Uh, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sorcerer, I'm picturing. She has these innate abilities that she has just uh, discovered in herself, and she's using that to uh, manipulate the world around her. So a sorcerer, mm. yeah. Uh, tell me more. What, what about her made you kind of go, yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's that's, my... I started thinking about power. Mm. A, a lot. A, a lot of the rest of my team is power because um, I, mean, I was thinking. Um, yeah, mainly that's it because she's a fi- she's a final girl who can um, stand her ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. She really does. Like it's a bit of a silly Friday the Thirteenth movie, but it's, she's really great in it. And I uh, think that that the little telekinetic power thing may be a bit tongue in cheek for some people, but I I find it really endearing. Yeah, me too. I, I like I like all those films. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, okay, well my next pick, uh, I'm gonna. My, I didn't go with an all-girl team, but oh. what's in there? So my next pick is uh, Quint from Jaws, and nice. he's got he's got like a monk vibe. Like he's good with his fists. He's you know he's got his machete in one hand, and he's just a sailor type or something. You know, gruff and someone who's not who I can imagine butts head with Ellen, but totally respects her at the same time. So I feel like there's a really strong dynamic with those two going on there. Oh, I love having Quint in stuff. Yeah. I could picture him in like a fantasy world, fighting up against, you know, skeletons and all the rest of that, just having none of it. Just too drunk to cope. <laughs> He'd almost, um, I mean, I don't know anything about the Dungeon and Dragon classes, but he's almost got a bit of a singing vibe going on as well he's very much a singer yeah maybe a bard okay I'll, I, you know what i'm changing it he's no longer a monk he's a bard he's using these bard abilities to inspire and to uh to use magic in the world like healing word and stuff like that i like that a lot <laughs> uh okay so who did you have next uh next in my list is Kristen parker from nightmare three. Oh, um, nice and She's the one who can. She's sort of like a a good Freddy, so she can do all the in dream kicking ass. She can control the the dreams and stuff. So yeah, Patricia Arquette's character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do you know what? Love that choice. My only hesitation: her kind of like special abilities that she just does backflips. <laughs> Like, you know, what wasn't, uh, who was the other one in there? The one who was like, I'm beautiful, but bad. And he's got the two, uh, like, blades. Like, that's a D&D character to me. Just like a mohawked punk from the 80s with two flick blades. She she was, uh, she would have might have got my pick if I thought of that. But, uh, so. What she doesn't the... survive, though. No, she doesn't survive. So okay, I, that's fair. I, I I'm. Of... I'm just making sure that I haven't got anyone that died. Well, Quint doesn't survive, but also I decided what's the night. It's just too cool not to have in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so again, like I'm thinking maybe for this character is a wizard because she actually has to train and study how to what's and use her dream powers. Where wizards have to kind of like study the arcane law to do the best. So yeah, 
we got a sorcerer, a wizard, and a rogue in your party so far. That's pretty cool. Um, Who have you got then? <laughs> oh, uh, so my third pick, uh, uh, going off, uh, I got rid of Sydney Prescott and replaced it with Gail Weathers. Oh. And the reason I picked Gail Weathers is I'm picturing this fun D&D group and who I want to sit at there. And I love Sydney. Sydney's one of the best all-time final girls. But if I was creating a D&D party who was very proactive, Sydney was very reactive, like stuff kept happening to her and she was very capable of dealing with that, where Gail was very proactive, going out and going to get clues and figuring that stuff out. So that's why Gail Weber's ended up being the rogue of my party. Nice. Yeah. I like Gail Weathers. I like um, Gail Weathers. So next in my team is um, Sarah from The Craft. Uh, oh, awesome. I love that. Yeah. Well, I figure in the end, she she gets the power of Manol. Mm -hmm. And um, she's pretty hardcore, actually. Um, For sure. And she can also do the old glamours. Uh, I'm going to say for, I mean, maybe a bit of a bard cleric as well with that. Like, she can use cleric powers, I think. But I think most likely this is a warlock. Someone who oh, right. has uh, got powers from a darker force, but can use them for good. Mm. Did, you, uh, did you watch the Craft Legacy? I did. It's all right. I like. I, I did buzz when I saw the ending, but aside from that, the movie was just a bit. Meh. Yeah, that's it. That's that movie. That's that's what that movie is. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. It happened. It was in <laughs> front of me. It carried on, and then it finished. And then the the end bit was the only good thing about it, in my opinion. David Duchovny was in it, though, right? It was David Duchovny, wasn't it? And he was a bad guy. No, was it David? Like, I feel like I definitely should know. It was David. It was David the Cockney, wasn't he? It, well, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I quite liked. I quite liked him do seeing him do his thing. I haven't seen him in a while, so yeah. But uh... Uh, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Uh, okay, so my next one on my list, um, I picked Chris Washington from Get Out. Uh, obviously played by Daniel Kaluuya. Um, again, someone who has a real motivation like things happen to him but he is you know very smart very calm collective and he's going to be my fighter because when pushed up against the wall he's there with the antlers just crushing it beating people to death like he has a real cool calm collective like you've already got gail Weathers, who's very uptight ellen who's very intense quint who's a drunk and then there's Chris, who is going to be the calm, collective person in this group. And you'll need it for my fifth one. We need someone who's calm because my fifth one's a bit of an out there pick. So uh, I will warn you ahead of time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so who's your last pick? Well, my last pick is Aaron from Your Next. Oh, great choice. Yeah. Really great choice. I think I... she's going to be well prepared, well prepared, well armed and... Uh... That was so good. It should have been mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's uh, someone who knows how to deal with like fighting and hunting and traps. She's a ranger. She she knows how to track these people down and how to kill them efficiently. That is a fantastic pick. Wow, I'm really impressed with that one. That that, that blew my socks off. <laughs> 
I'm a good lad overall. Yeah, you know, you know, solid guy. Um, okay, so I'm going to end my list with a. I'm not sure if it's controversial, but I I like the picturing of Ellen as the leader. We've got Quint as the kind of like the chaos guy. You've got Gail Weathers, who's the clue getter, the uh, the lady who's out on the streets trying to figure out what's going on with the mystery of this D&D campaign. Uh, Chris Washington being the calm collector guy. And uh, I've picked Reagan from The Exorcist as my warlock. Uh, so <laughs> you get to play both her as a sweet, innocent 12-year-old girl, just kind of like minding her business. And then when a battle erupts, suddenly she's switching gears and then she's got all the cuts on her face and her head spinning around and she's doing Eldritch Blast, but the Eldritch Blast is actually her uh, pea soup vomit. And she's just knocking bad guys over with these powers. Yeah, that's my uh, terrible final pick uh, for oh, my I, li- Great. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, technically she's an innocent, so that, that adds that adds to yeah, team. Absolutely. I like to think so. The fun of being Pazuzu is you could um, say some yeah. really horrible things during the campaign and go, well, it's not me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's my, uh, that's my D&D group. I love, I love that. That was a lot of fun. I didn't know if that was going to go well, but I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, no, it was great fun. The slices of bread are always, are always good. It's always nice to have something different to do. Yeah, um, so I just stack our meaty... Uh, monkey sandwich on. Oh, a meaty monkey sandwich. It's <laughs> a bit weird. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um, you saying that? I think that leads us into the lovely film. So we're mm-hmm. we're we're into the first week of Kai July. Kai July. It works. It does. It's a it good. Works. It's a great pun. It's a great pun. So this <laughs> month we're going to be doing um the big old monsters and. What better place to start than the OG himself? Uh, the king. The king of all Kongs, King Kong. So this film's from 1933. So this will be the oldest movie that um, we've done here on the podcast. And, um, I mean, 90 years old this year. Yeah, I I, I clogged that. I was like, yep, April, April 7th, 1933, 90 years old. How does it hold up in terms of movies that are, you know, scratching a hundred years, like ninety years old? How does this hold up in terms of cultural and uh, and what you see on the screen? Like, can you show this to someone and it not feel really dated? Um, I'm not sure yet. I will get to that bit anyway. I'm, hmm. I'm going to just do the directors and stuff, and then um, yeah, you do that, and we'll get into that. So. Um... Directors for this, uh, Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodsack. Mm-hmm. Shodsack. Um, he showed sack, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, the main players in this are Faye Ray as Andaro, mm-hmm. Robert Armstrong as Carl Denham, Bruce Cabot as Jack Driscoll, Frank Riker as Captain Engelhorn, and... Um, uh, the budget and box office information I've got, I'm not sure if it's been adjusted for inflation because it says the budget was $673,000, which feels like a lot for 1933. Mm. Um, and with a box office of 5.3, I have to assume that that has been adjusted for inflation because I can't can't really envision them spending that much money on a movie in, in 1933. But 
Yeah, I might be wrong. Uh, um, yeah. It doesn't well, feel uh, right, does it? <laughs> well, this is the thing I found out about it. In its opening weekend, it grossed $90,000. Uh, right. do, you know, do you know how much a cinema ticket was worth uh, was cost at in 1933. No idea, not a clue. 35 cent, right? Yes, yeah, so and that's... it made 90,000 in its opening four days with 35 cent a ticket. Wow, it so when you say, Oh, that you know, that budget, that box office, it's like maybe, maybe it did cost this much, maybe it did make that much, maybe, was, maybe. Uh, we will. We should have done a better research, I think, maybe. But, I'm not. I'm uh, not <laughs> well, I was just. I was convinced that they that they'd made adjustments for that anyway. But mm. we got regardless. Um, looking at those figures, it it made it's made more than its money, and we know the legacy of this. It's made, you know, as far as um, you know, this character has gone. He's made, gone on to make his money. You know, oh, countless, sure. not countless remakes, but. At least two remakes, one in the seventies and one in two thousand five, I think. Yeah, um, Peter Jackson. Uh, less said about Peter Jackson, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm guessing not a big fan of the remake. Then. Um, I'm actually going to get to that because there are some bits from the remake that I will have I to. See, ad- I'm just racing all over the place. I will now. have to admit. No, it's fine. No, we're always all over the place anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll address what you first said, and I think uh, you're talking about whether you could show this to someone in a modern audience and, and you know, see if they get anything out of it. And I think, I think if you could just about say to them, you have to remember that this is a 90 year old film. I can't see anybody getting anything out of this that isn't enjoyment. Um, Agreed. But what I do want to talk about right at the top, because I want to get this out of the way, um, is that. Being that it's a film made in the 30s, there are some issues from this film that are a little bit problematic uh, in terms of what we'd call modern day things. And if I'm honest, I've let that go because of the age of the film. Um, But this movie does have, um, well, it's, (laughs) it's stifed in a little bit of racism and certainly quite a lot of sexism, Mm -hmm. which, um, I'd say it doesn't go overly hard, but the, but when it does when it does come, it's uh, it's very noticeable. And I actually yeah. don't want to spend too much time on it. I don't know if you've got anything that you actually want to say, but no, uh, also I I I mirror what you said, but it's it's it, there's certainly movies of that time and that era that certainly hang their hat on the sexism or the racism elements of it. This doesn't feel like that, even though it wasn't go to a another country you know a hidden jungle tribal stuff it really doesn't lean on that too much like no like you know they they make them a little bit more complex uh you know and i think that isn't the worst depiction of you know you know black people or uh indigenous people or women in general i think wasn't they're all fairly average for a 1933 movie Yes, for a 1933 movie. Yeah, I do want to say for a 1933 movie, please. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I think I I just, I thought it was important to address if anybody's seen this and they felt like we, you know, we needed to say something about it. Hmm. You know, we understand that it's there. 
Um, but I think that's not really what we're here for. We're here for we're here for King Kong. We're here for a horror movie. Um, and it's well, it's good, isn't it? It's a why. It's a real womp. I don't. Uh, I didn't want to um, jump straight into that, but um, but you know, let's let's call it what it is. It's a yeah. real fun movie. It's just uh, like there's a little bit of a slowness at the beginning before Kong arrives. But as soon as Kong arrives, back to back, just entertaining segment, yeah, entertaining yeah. segment. It, it, yeah, you're right. As soon as Kong arrives, it just it just picks up the pace and it's almost nonstop. I mean, I don't mind the sort of um, the sort of the start, and I quite like that sort of thirties way of talking. That sort of hey, come over here, you dame. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no matter like it, like again, you know the the concept of like these characters being like the most grounded or middle American person, and that one guy, the what was his uh, character named Jack something. Uh, uh, John Driscoll. Yeah. Yeah. Driscoll, yeah. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Uh, yeah. John Driscoll, you know, um, him being like the, the hero. First thing he does is just accidentally backhand a woman. And it's like, <laughs> well, should have got out of the way. I guess that jaw hurts. See you later. By the way, yeah. I love you. I yeah. hate women. I love you. Just the weirdest character choices. But yeah, in this does. movie, I'm just like, oh, okay, carry on, buddy. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, the, the, I think they're supposed to have been at sea for like five weeks, so I'm guessing that they've had had some... But you don't get that. You don't get no, that build of relationship. it literally feels like they did it the day afterwards. It's yeah, like, he, well... He goes, I ain't never been on a ship with a woman before. And then <laughs> and then later on he goes, well, I guess I love you. Uh, what's going on here? But He's, um, he's crazy, he is. <laughs> but was it, you know, in all fairness, he also goes for it against Kong like he he's the the leader of the pack when he when Kong does take and eventually it's like let's mm. go for it and that as I said that se- sequencing of just monster 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 fights and chaos is so fun yeah it's it, it is fantastic um so Kong basically shows up he um, takes Andaro away, and then we're hit with, um, well, like you say, one thing after another. So we get a Stegosaurus, which, like the, the, which the looks Stegosaurus great. weren't doing it. Yeah, looked great. Wasn't doing anyone any harm. Just no, like, oh, what's this thing? Give, doing anyone yeah, g- yeah. G- give me the explosives. So like, what, what? Why? Why do you want to blow up this dinosaur? And then the funny part of it was that they turned around and said. If I if I knew it was alive, I could get make a million off of this. So, but don't kill it then. Don't blow it up. They they went to shooting it and blowing it up so quickly. Well, yeah. I, 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 watching this film, you know, getting and and everyone knows how this film ends. You look at mm. it going, surely you're going to make more money taking a dinosaur home with you than, than a giant gorilla. Dinosaur yeah. better than gorilla by miles. Like I seen look, gorilla. Well, that's big gorilla. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I also think Big Gorilla pretty cool. Love Big Gorilla. But Dinosaur mm, better. Dinosaur probably better. Yeah. It might not be a mild better, but definitely better. I thought they were all gone. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like, that's pretty cool to bring that one back. No, kill it. Yeah. Um, but then we get a very angry Brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and oh, it, it was, I think it was like a plesiosaurus. Well, I thought that, but it's definitely running on land and legs. It is, and like you think plesiosaurus has got the flippers, like yeah, yes. it was very, it was very difficult to tell because it starts in the water, and you do think, oh, it's, it's a plesiosaur, and that then... that genius of a guy is just like, you know what, we're one in a way. That's silly. You got to climb trees up to its height, and then we'll be safe. And then gets eaten by it. It's like, yeah. well. Well, I Not think aside from guy. Kong, the Bronto gets the most kills in. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just full on what gets, what, three, four people back to back. But yeah. in all fairness, aside from when up until a certain point, Kong doesn't even, like, straight up kill people. Just acts, kills them by accident because he's just knocking them off that log. It's like, hey, uh, shake, shaking that log for, like, 10 minutes. Talk just... about the log, though, because... Mm. The log's one thing, but each person you get to see each person fall to their doom, and they 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 proper you know like we were talking about with midsummer that when they mm. fall they just go <laughs> it's like it's a big oh, old splat. But do you know oh dear. what the original script uh, actually had for that scene was that some of them survived and they would be attacked by giant spiders that were at the bottom of that ravine. But they oh, could... I heard that. Yeah, yeah, because they they put that in the the Peter Jackson one as a. Uh, homage to the fact that oh we wanted to do this but we couldn't so yeah like that's why there's spiders in uh, peter jackson one because it should have been in this one i had heard that but i forgot about the peter jackson one mm. uh the spiders in that but yeah that that's that log scene where kong is turning the log over it's brutal because oh absolutely splat splat every one but of them you get to see everybody splat at the bottom of this ravine uh, like I love uh, stop motion, you know, from even up to most recent, I think stop motion is incredible. And you forget, like this is 90 years old. Mm -hmm. Like I did a bit of research to be like, okay, what else came in, came out in 1980, uh, 1933 to be like, oh, this is as old as this chocolate, chocolate chip cookies was invented the same year as this movie came out. Wow. That's how old this movie is. And that's how good the quality of the stop motion is. So you could go, oh, it's a bit janky for this time. But no, this movie was so revolutionary. And as we both said, it's such an enjoyable movie because it's just straight up adventure one blockbuster. It's a, it's a it's 9 3 blockbuster. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess you've addressed it there. And I did want to address the fact that we, we both know that to a degree, it looks like crap. But yeah, yeah please. <laughs> but um, again, it's giving it that 1933. And actually, you know, next week we're going to be doing Godzilla. And, you know, the effects in Godzilla aren't that much better than this film. And you're talking about. It's a another... guy in a suit. It's a guy in a suit in Godzilla. Like, yeah, you're talking about 20 well, years. But... Yeah. Easily, easily, if that, yeah. I, th I think Godzilla's 1954, so it's like 21 years, I guess. So, um, like, that 21 years has got from what we're getting Kong to a guy in a suit. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think both are incredible movies in their own right, but in, you think about the 20 years that's just gone by and the uh, special effects that have increased and improved since. Mm. It's like, yeah, like, that's the same amount of difference between that and Godzilla. But this is still so good. Yeah, like, it, it is good. It, you've got to suspend a little bit of disbelief. And there are moments of, of you know, uh, 
But, mm-hmm. you know, for example, after this, when Kong fights a Rex, it's relatively flawless. It really yeah. is. Like, they, they, they go for a full-on kaiju fight. Uh, they beat the hell out of each other. My favorite bit, and it's such a tiny bit, is after Kong has torn the, broke the jaw of the T-Rex and just kind of killed it, it's just flopping its mouth open down. Wasn't like a, it, it looked like a gorilla playing with something that is dead. Yeah. I was like, that's that's flawless. Like that looks so impressive. Yeah, it's it, it's good. It's good. And then of course a pteranodon shows up. <laughs> and a snake. Do, don't forget there was also oh, a yeah, snake. I forgot there, was a, there was a snake. There was a snake. So um, it just keeps going. It's an it's an awful fucking island to be stuck on. Oh man, what a terrible island. Like a really like the bad people place. that live on that island, how do they cope? Like they literally have to just sacrifice brides to yeah. Kong just so they'd be like, okay, Kong, like we we'll feed you some of our, our women and you just save us from all of the awfulness on this island, please protect move. us. Just yeah. Move. Yeah, like all these people turn up to film and it's like, yeah, you you film, and then you just sneak on the boat and fuck off. That's the movie I'd watch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> just all these uh, indigenous people just like, right, where to? America. <laughs> that wall's not as good as it looks. <laughs> no, no. So did you know how they uh, made King Kong roar? Nope. So they got the roar of a lion and a tiger. They combined it, slowed it down, and run it backwards. Oh, wow. Because that fight between the T-Rex and the King Kong, the music drops. And I really love the music in this. I thought this mm, was like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that, that played underneath. But then the fights happen and the music goes. And it's just the sound of these two fighting. And it reminded me of like seeing like when two dogs fight each other in the park. Just like, just loud, unabashed, animalistic noises. Just back to back as they just kind of like bashed at each other. I was like, that's really intense. Uh, congratulations. You, you, you like from a movie that is again, 90 years old, just really intense moments like this. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It just, it, it the whole, the, the whole bit on the Island stands out really. It's, it, 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 it's great because um, I think after this, we get Congo's on a rampage. Mm. And there's some really great bits when he's sort of picking people up and just sort of, chewing on him a bit and then yeah. there's the the one native guy who gets stubbed out like a cigarette which yeah. just, it's it's off it, you really feel bad for that guy it's like all right you've killed him stop will stop, it stop. <laughs> like, it's like is he dead though stomp 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 uh like the, the stunt work in this as well though like that guy literally being under that giant foot that they put down on him that must have been intense for that stunt guy but mm. yeah, yeah really effective uh you know, that mix between the practical and the physical. Like, it weren't all just stop animation. The the, the paw, the face, and the leg, you know, yeah. all stuff they built and used to interact with the uh, the actors. It was fantastic work. There are moments with that paw that... Um, mm-hmm. that <laughs> mm-hmm. There's one specific part in New York where you can see King Kong's face at the at the window, yeah. and his paw comes in from the right, I think, or the left, and it's like, where's that paw coming from? It it, it does have that vibe of like 
going on like one of those interactive rides that you see in like Universal Studios or something it's, like that. It's got a bit of a B movie. Uh, actually, while I'm talking about that bit, I'm all over the place. Listen, during that bit when he's climbing up the, um, I think that might be the Empire State Building or before the Empire State Building, and he sees someone who looks like her, he pulls her out, and he's like, "This isn't her." Just chucks her off the building. <laughs> <laughs> that poor, that she was the real victim oh, of the whole movie. Just oh, like, yeah. Mm, nah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor lady. She was just having a nap as well. Yeah. Like, this was like this was early evening. They just only started the show. So it was just like, well, you know, she's got the rest of the day to kind of do something. It's like, no, no, you're out. Yeah. No, no, who I thought you were. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's, well, so, since... We've got yeah. to New York now, I think. Yeah, we're um, at New York. Like, uh, the, the, the whole rampage at the end of the thing was really good. Uh, but then they get him back to New York. And, like, it's it's just a bizarre setup. Like, I know that that is what he wanted to do. So the director, uh, Marion C. Cooper, this is his passion project. He thought of this movie. He wanted to make it. He saw a plane fly over a uh, building. He's like, oh, that's where I would like to set my finale of this giant ape movie that I really want to make. So everything was just kind of like reverse engineered. It's like, I want to make a giant ape movie. And I want the finale to be on a building with fighting planes. And then everything else he just kind of made up. And yeah, that ends. Uh, it's just crazy when he gets to New York, everything just starts to go absolutely bonkers, logic-wise. Right, yeah, yeah. Cause... It's funny, the New York bit, because I think when you think of King Kong, you think of Empire State Building, you think of New York, but I think it's only the back 20 minutes of this movie. and Yeah, it's really not a lot in no. New York. It's uh, maybe an hour and 40, I think, the film runs. Um but Although, this is the part that you remember. Like, you know, this is yeah, the part yeah, right. standout part of King Kong is these last 20 minutes. So it's, you know, I, I prefer it on uh, Skull Island. I think that's so much more enjoyable. But Yeah, I agree. I agree. But these are iconic. Like, you know, him climbing the building, fighting the planes, standing there, you know, crucified like Jesus, putting him in front of a crowd. Like, these are all iconic visuals that people absolutely. associate with Kong. Yeah, absolutely. And that whole, the whole New York thing looks great. He looks great mm. when he's tied up. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel wrong. Because I, I, partly the, they do a really good job of the stop motion on the humans mm. um, to add to his size. Um, which really, really works, really works nicely. So um, another thing I found out was that they wanted to make him look bigger in New York because obviously New York being such a big city was mm. that. So they were kind of like sized them up to being like, I think it was like 16 to 20 feet tall in at the jungle, but then went straight up to like 24 feet tall in New York to really kind of emphasize how big uh, this ape was. So they actually made him look bigger in New York compared to the way he looked at the oh, job. Right, that's interesting. Well, it makes sense. Like, what's it? Because he mm, does look yeah. huge on that stage. It's like he's big, but then he looks so much bigger in uh, in New York. Mm. That said, actually, it's it, it, there's some nice shots of thirties New York. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, like don't get me wrong. Also, like, there's also like 
good color. Like, you know, I like the little interactions that people were just having going into the theater. Mm, like, I, heard it was, I heard it was an ape. It's like, well, there's a lot of apes already in New York. Of course, there's mm. someone <laughs> barge past. Like this stuff, I was like, okay, this is kind of charming. Like these people yeah, are actually like- absolutely. Just a, like a little glimpse into 1933 New York that just felt really legitimate. Like you, you see movies that try to emulate that time period nowadays always feels with a- you know, rose-tinted glasses view of it. But then you watch movies like this, it's like, this is kind of like real people, or at least how they want to portray themselves in uh, in movies. So yeah, like you say, it's co- it, it, well, it's colour, yeah. It's, mm. it's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think we're getting somewhere towards the end. Um, one of the things I want to bring up, and I wouldn't normally do this, uh-huh. um, because it's not something I feel that, Re needs an opinion, but Thay Ray is really pretty. She is stunning. She is absolutely stunning in this movie. I like. I do appreciate a few things about Thay Ray's performances as well. Mm. It is very much a, you know, tragic. Oh, I can't do anything. Falls over, passes out, kind of like heroin type stuff. But she's determined. Like. You know, they find her as a homeless girl stealing and she's like, oh, I'm going to stand up and we'll say, Carl, I go for this, this performance, this role that I get given. And she takes a good sock in the face when she first meets Jack. But then she, it's not like she passes out or anything like that. She's up and in all of the scenes and she is not shy and she's not like she doesn't back up completely in this movie and she doesn't always need to be rescued per se i thought she was really really interesting dynamic for a female character in that time period yeah she was definitely good i said that's all up until kong shows up when kong shows up she just become a bit of a screaming mess really she she becomes the Um, puppet in the hand yeah and that's one of the things i was wanting to talk about with the modern comparisons because as much as i don't really like peter jackson's king kong um, and part of that is because I don't like Peter Jackson so much. But mm-hmm. I do appreciate in that movie that there's a little bit more connection between Kong and uh, the character of Anne. Um, Agreed. And I think I, 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 I think that's the only thing this film is missing just slightly is that there should there should have been a little bit more connection there because um, when, when King is- Kong dies in this movie, it's it's slightly less heartfelt than it should be. I mean, you do feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, but the, the should, uh, and I mean, I'm, I really am picking, but only because we've seen a different way of doing it. Um, but yeah, I would have preferred it to be slightly less of a screaming, you know. Well, I don't think that their intention was ever to make King Kong feel like a, a victim or an unlucky, you know, a, anything else apart from a giant monster in this movie. Right, yeah, yeah. I think it's just the, you know, when we look back on it, it's like, no, actually, King Kong's not the bad guy in this. He's Absolutely just an ape. Like, we, we put this on here, and, you know, it's the interpretations since that kind of, like, added more and more of that. You know, this guy, this this guy, this, this giant ape uh, is sympathetic, and, you know, they're saying to connect to them. And as you said, I agree with you. I think that connection between Anne and Kong in the Peter Jackson movies is what makes that movie a 
watchable movie. I don't really enjoy that movie either. I never really got it. I thought it was a bit bloated. I thought the special effects for that time was pretty average. Mm. Uh, but the scene when Kong is in New York on the on the frozen lake with Andaro, genuine connection. It was really emotional. And I was like, wow, yeah, this is the best part of this movie. By yeah, there's, far, there's, by there's something far. there, yeah. I know. I know. I remember when my dad was uh, still with us. He, he, his, he really liked the bit where um, in the Peter Jackson one where um, she's acting for him and he's sort of laughing at what she's doing. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's that. But uh, so everyone knows what happens. Khan gets shot off the Empire. State building, which by the way is a fantastic looking scene, really great. The planes, calm, and, and this is where the sympathy I think comes for it because he has her in the hand, puts her down to protect her, and then just looks mournful at them. And there was a lot of like blood and stuff like that was mm. going on. It was really grim and sad to watch this aide that couldn't really do anything just be put down like this. Yeah, yeah. So this will lead me to the moment in this film that pisses me off. Same. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so um, the, the, uh, Kong lands on the uh, floor. Actually, I ought to say that he falls off and he hits the building on the way down, which is... Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. But then at the end, we see Carl Denham show up, who is the director guy, and he shows up and he goes, well... I guess in the end, it was beauty that killed the beast. And I was like, no, the planes killed the fucking beast. If anything, you killed this fucking Yeah, yeah. you killed the beast. <laughs> you should be arrested. You you got a lot of people killed. On top of that, you're now blaming the victim. The woman that she got attacked was like, oh, well, it was her fault, wasn't it? <laughs> if you think about it, she was the blame that, that this, uh, this giant ape died and bro- killed her. Yeah, those ladies. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully they get married tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, really? It just those like, and that's the last line. And it's supposed. I think, like in terms of film, it's supposed to be like this poignant end where it's like, in the end, it was a beauty that killed the beast. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, you're full, you're full of shit. You're full of shit, mate. Shut up. Yeah. I think my letterbox review was. I think we can all agree that it was the planes that killed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, bless him. But uh, yeah, I think that drives us to the end. I don't think there's too much more to say unless you've got anything else. I mean, it's in the AFI top 100 movies. I think it's like 44 of the top movies of all time, American movies. And um, I'm not sure whether I'd agree with it being that high, but I also I think this is arguably, and I, I would almost happily argue this point, being one of the most enduring film franchises of all time. Mm, like there's absolutely. still movies coming out about Kong. It's been referenced in almost everything from The Simpsons to uh, Chicken Little. Like King Kong is a staple of popular culture. And this movie is 90 years old. And you think about the movies that came out around there, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wizard of Oz, all of these movies that have franchise potential all came from books originally. This movie was written to be a movie in 1933 and in 2023 is still a film franchise it's it's 
it is a temple of cinema. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, is it a horror movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's it's a horror movie the same way that Jaws is a horror movie. It's yeah, a, absolutely. A, a horror adventure. Absolutely. It, it's got got moments of peril. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, people getting smushed out like ashtrays. Um, actually, I've written one more thing down that I did mean to say. Uh, it's not a big thing, but there are some really wonderful sets as well. Oh yeah. Um, in certainly on the island as well, some really wonderful sets. See, like they 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 wanted to shoot in Africa, but also they couldn't afford it. So th- this is all on uh, this is all set locations. Like they they built these sets. It's amazing. Like it's fantastic work. I think I read somewhere they did at least use um, African American actors. There isn't yes. any, there isn't anyone the, the, there. Um, there's doing, no blackface in going no, on no, from what I could tell. No, uh, I am uh, actually on like a. Google and I like some of the uh, questions people asked. Uh, stuff like, uh, "Was King Kong 1933 a success? Why was he obsessed with the girl? How old was he when he died? And what is King Kong's weakness?" What Who's is King asking Kong's his weakness? Uh, I'm going to quickly click. Bananas. He has thin skin. <laughs> he has thin skin. Uh, he can't take an insult. Uh, is it the answer to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, big twat. <laughs> you big twat. <laughs> right. Well, um, let's see. So um, we will just have a look at the critical review. So we're looking at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high. That's really yeah. high. Like I say to Matthew, I don't really understand Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm not going to try now. Um 7.9 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at Letterboxd. Uh, some people don't like it. Some people. I like Letterboxd. Like I think that's, I think that might be my go to see what the zeitgeist is for a movie. <sighs> Every time I do this, I haven't got the Letterboxd and I go on and <laughs> type in Letterboxd into Letterboxd. Nice. That's very smart. Yeah, I'm uh, three three point nine, which essentially is a five star review on um on Letterbox. You very rarely practically. get much higher than three point nine. <laughs> um, uh, and this is also on BBC iPlayer for anyone that is listening. Is like, oh, I really really fancy watching this movie. It's on the iPlayer for it's free. It's on iPlayer. Go watch it. It's definitely worth the hour and forty minutes that it's on for. Did you watch it on iPlayer? Yeah, I watched it on iPlayer. Did it have the overture? Yeah. Oh, excellent! I yeah. watched I watched the Blu-ray and I was sat there and the overtures must be about four minutes, something yeah. like that. And I, was I, sat- miss, I miss those. That's, they're fun. I was like, <laughs> "What? What's going on here?" I just sat through it though. Yeah. It, um. <laughs> so let's have a quick look at the Facebook before we drop our own um, reviews. Oh now, yeah, I got it as well. Now I know you said something, but we won't mention that. Um, let's see Paul who came on and did I saw the devil with her said still holds up as does mighty Joe Young I don't think I've seen that one me neither well I know it's about a big monkey a big ape a big ape yeah yeah. Uh, and Sam said I love that monkey but for me the top the top giant monster will always be the absolute boy Paul Gasari who's Paul Gasari when he's at home I think he's told me to watch that in the past. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, so this is definitely yeah. a North Korean horn. Oh, this is a big boy. That okay. Is, yeah, that is a big I, I boy. Get, I like it. Okay, well, so I, I'd give Paul Gasari a, a check out. Yeah, me too. Um, right, so for those of you who are new here, we have a three-tier system. We've got a shit for a bad movie. We've got an ooh, it's spooky for... That's yeah. all right. And a creative psychopath for, oh, a great movie. I think there's no doubt here that this one's a creative psychopath. It certainly is. Absolutely. Right. I do like this movie. Absolutely. Um, and I think Matthew would agree. But uh, what I'll do is next week when he's on, I'll I'll make him tell us what he thinks. Um, he'd probably say something like that. Um, yeah. I, he's, a, he's a smart lad. When, when he gets oh, off Skull yeah. Island, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'm dreading doing this without him. He's the one with the intelligence. Luckily, I've got you here. Um, just, oh, I am very dim. Oh, you, you do, I messaged you saying, is that, can I just watch the Simpsons episode and will that be enough? And you're like, no, you do actually have to watch the actual movie. I thought, oh, that's fine. I, I And so now I, I enjoyed the movie. So, oh, good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, go watch King Hobo as well because that's a really great Simpsons segment. Yeah. You'll get all the story beats from that. It's basically the same. It is. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. Let's get off this and go on to the next thing. Oh, uh, yes. That was my 30s talking there. Uh, so we're going to do this final slice of bread, which I'm was was my idea, and I'm sort of unprepared for it, really, because I don't actually play board games. Um, not because I don't want to, because I have no friends. Oh, that's sad. True. I mean, I do sad. have I do have friends, but everyone I know is online, and they they also do the oh, I've got kids, and I ain't got time to play uh, board games. And I'm, 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 it's I've hard. I've watched 211 films this year. I haven't got time for board games. <laughs> it's only um, 211. It's 211 now, yeah. I'm hoping oh, to get to down. at least 300 by the end of the year. Uh, we all got faith in you. The whole uh, creative psychopath community believes uh, I, I know they do. I know they do. So um, we, I posed the question about coming up with a board game based around... Did I say horror movies or monsters? I don't know. You said monsters because we'll right, say we're, right. we're in Kai July. So okay. uh, well, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think I did say that. If only I could remember the things that I've said. But yes. um, my, my brain it's, does whatever it wants. Yeah. Well, well you know, your, your brain's an independent thinker. It is. It is. So um, the thing is, like, because I don't understand this, um, what I. Uh, I'd like a Godzilla board game, mm-hmm. right? And you might be able to help me do this. What I thought was take it back to the classic, right? So Godzilla is the antagonist, um, and you have to somehow take him down. But the game has to be in his favor most of the time, Um the only I, I couldn't think of any other way to do it than, other than having low dice for the player characters and maybe like a like a d20 for Godzilla so he could roll higher um or potentially roll lower um I, I think this is absolutely possible because uh like there's board games nowadays where the action economy favors the the monster on the middle of the board like he goes round and it like you turn over cards and it says Godzilla moves three spaces this way, and then you just destroy every building it goes through. 
and you have to just constantly be building up all your ammunition, your strengths, your weaknesses, trying to fight back against it, putting out fires and worried about civilians. I think that's a really interesting concept for a board game. Ooh, good, good for me. Unfortunately, I couldn't um, I, I pose the question and realize that, you know, Godzilla Monopoly wasn't going to cut it. <laughs> it might. I'm sure it already <laughs> exists. I wonder if it does. I want it if it does. I'm sure it does. Uh, well, I say that with no concept whether it does, but I know that everything's a Monopoly nowadays. Uh, I mean, yeah. the other the other, intro, the other way you could do it is potentially have, um, instead of the player characters, you could have Godzilla and maybe Mothra against King Ghidorah. Well, that is one of the Godzilla board games. It's a Godzilla King of uh, it called, it's Godzilla Tokyo Clash, where you get to play as either Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, or Megalon, uh, Megalon, and Ooh. you guys have to just build up your powers and fight each other in a giant city. And yeah, that is a game that you can go and purchase uh, if you are so inclined. Uh, so other games in that vein. Uh, there is uh, King of New York and King of Tokyo, which is a tongue-in-cheek version of King Kong and uh, Godzilla and Mothra and Cthulhu and like Mechazoids. You can play as these creatures and fight to be the king of the city. That's a really fun, family-friendly game that you can play. Uh, okay. There is Cthulhu Wars, which is a, a game that I really enjoy playing, where you get to play as these elder gods fighting over the world and trying to win by destroying the entire planet. Uh, and in terms of actual big bad guys that I would love to see a board game be made of, I'm actually going to pick Tremors, which <gasps> doesn't Ooh. doesn't really get a doesn't get the kaiju rub as enough, I think, because these are giant worms. Like they have that kaiju vibe to them. Absolutely. And, and uh, the way I would play it is that you are having to use your movement very carefully. If you move too many spaces, the worms will sense you and they might be able to take you your character out. So you have to be very carefully moving across the board, collecting uh, items to try and defeat the worms. Uh, the graboids, uh, and moving across the board very gently, trying to build up all these weapons and these traps to try and trap them and kill them. Uh, otherwise, the graboids are going to kill you, and the board game beats you. Wow. That sounds really good. That sounds like a good game to play. You see, this is why this is why I asked this question, because I knew you'd come up with something good. It's good yeah. job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Um, let's get it designed. We've got Creative Psychopath Productions on the phone. Ring them up. Yeah, we uh, we do have them, but unfortunately, they also have been kidnapped and taken to Skull Island. So, oh, no. uh, hopefully, Matthew could bring them back with them. Uh, then uh, they've probably run into that difficult Bronto. Yeah, they're, they're probably uh, dead. They, yeah. they, they die. They're dead. Definitely. Right. We're on a log. They were on a log saying, come on, let's think of an idea. Let's get it going. But and then Cog shaking them off like, you know, ants on a picnic blanket. They were going, this would be a good board game. Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Right. So there you go. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, 
you've got stuff to plug. Do that. I do. Uh, so if anyone has been interested in uh, our little D&D chat, I'm actually in the middle of running a D&D campaign on stream. You can find us at Chaos Cards at, on YouTube. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, luckily, I don't have to run any of that because I am not that bright. But someone else much smarter and better than me is putting that all online. It's called Terror in Toad Hall. And our valiant group of adventurers is currently chasing down what's causing the uh, the heat wave that's happening in the little town of Toad in the Hole. So feel free to watch and come and visit us on Twitch and say hello and tell them that Crave Psychopath sent you. And I'll give you uh, a big heads up that in the next episode, I will be adding a giant ape in honor of this episode. Oh, excellent. Lovely jubbly. Oh, well, that sounds that sounds fantastic. Um, one thing I have meant to say to everybody, and I hope you're still here, is you will be able to catch me on another podcast, um, The Last Jedi on the Left, which Ooh. I went on and talked about Robocop. Oh, um, awesome. What would be cool is if all the creative psychopath people could look it up, download it, and make it look like every that I'm really popular and famous, and he'll come back and go, "Wow, you're really popular and famous." But yeah, on that episode, we talked about RoboCop, and I also listed my top five robot movies. Um, so yeah, go ahead and find that. That's the Last Jedi on the left. Um, other than that. Join the Instagram because on the Instagram, I've been putting exclusive Instagram content because I've been doing doodling um, each month, each week, should I say, for the film that's coming up next. Um, so you can go on there and have a look at my exclusive, albeit not very good artwork. Um, what else? Facebook, join that. Uh, Patreon, we promised to put some content on there at some point. Um there is Eerie Indiana at the moment. Eerie Indiana episodes one and two. Love uh, that. But we will uh, we will get to that. And at some point, I'm probably going to try and rope Alistair into making us do a D&D comp campaign. Oh, I could do that. I could do some something spooky for you guys. Excellent. There you go. So that's, that's teasing for the future. Um, apart from that, we'll be back next week with Godzilla. And um, Matthew, hopefully, if we can rescue him from wherever he is. <laughs> holiday he's actually on holiday yeah it's <laughs> on skull island though <laughs> yeah he loves t-rexes he's um giving them bones Ooh. i don't know right let's go before i start rambling bye everyone bye bye